Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey, Fanatical Elves, my fellow Fanatical Elves. I'm so happy to be back. Hello to everyone. I've been struggling with technical problems with computers and software and all kinds of stuff. I finally had a new computer and I'm back. So very happy to see you, very happy to be with you. Hope you haven't forgotten me, but I made it back in time for the Super Bowl. Uh, I am the Village Elliot. This is the Cleveland Oracle Speaks, and I'm going to tell you about the past, present, and future of the Cleveland Browns. And we're going to talk about the future of the Super Bowl, which is this Sunday, of course. And I'm going to talk about Taylor Swift and whether she has an influence on the Super Bowl outcome. And maybe a few other uh, famous entertainers and whether they could possibly influence the outcome of sporting events, as unlikely as that may seem, I actually believe that that's possible. How about that? Um, very grateful to have Freesound Music supplying the music for this show. That is a service that is supported by voluntary contributions, which I'm happy to do for them. And it is a no-copyright music service, royalty-free, just by voluntary contributions. It's available to everyone. It's available on YouTube. How about that? All right, so let me take a second to adjust the sound for this show. Um, it's going to sound better if I tweak a few buttons here. And let me find the audio. So I'm going to cancel the echo, reduce the background noise. And there we go. Does that sound better? I hope that it does. I have a PowerPoint that I would like to share with people that have video. Some of the platforms that carry this show have um, video and some don't. So I'll describe what's going on. And um, those who can see it, obviously, have a bit of an advantage, but I'll, I'll describe it in sufficient detail that everybody can follow along. Okay, give me just a second because I'm old and slow. 
but I'll get there. Okay, share. And then we want to go to the slideshow from the beginning. Okay, so I want to talk about the Taylor effect. Is this real? Does Taylor Swift actually influence the outcome of NFL football games? And I actually explained this back in November, and I believe that it is real. And it may seem ridiculous, but is home field advantage ridiculous? I don't think so. I think it's real. I think adrenaline is real. And I think you would have to agree that Taylor Swift pumps up the entire stadium just by being there. She intensifies, therefore, the crowd advantage, the home field advantage. So I have put in my tweet uh, here on the right, for those who can see that, that I don't believe in curses. I don't believe in magic. But I do believe in complexes. I also believe in home field advantage. And I believe that the Chiefs' home field advantage is likely enhanced by a point or so, maybe more than that, when Taylor Swift is in the house. I believe that when Taylor Swift is at the Super Bowl, that that's going to be an advantage for the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll talk about how much and why as we go along. This is what I wrote back in November. I'll just read it for those who don't have the video. This is not voodoo or magic. This author, that's me, does not believe in curses or jinxes, but he does believe in complexes, especially losers' complexes. And if the players believe that some factor will impede their, their chances from winning, then it becomes a mental complex. Conversely, Home field advantage is a real thing. Adrenaline is a real thing. Crowd noise is real. There is no law of physics saying home field advantage is worth exactly three points. In other words, the analytics guys say that it indeed varies from stadium to stadium according to weather, turf type, acoustics, and other factors. So, Let's think about this rationally. If you have one of the greatest entertainers in the world attending the game, and you absolutely do when Taylor Swift is in the house, and you have a palpable excitement filling the stadium, whatever effect the fans have on the outcome might plausibly be increased. That's what I wrote in uh, 11 November 2023. How about that? And now there's a lot of people that are upset that Taylor Swift is getting all kinds of attention for watching football. Here's a quote from Joe Sixpack, underappreciated fan of the Baltimore Ravens. And Joe says, gee, I have watched football all my life and nobody gets excited about me. Well, Joe, you're not quite as pretty as Taylor Swift and you don't sing as well. I'm sorry about that. Um, Colin Coward, uh, Fox uh, sports analyst, really chewed up people who were complaining about Taylor Swift, rightly so. He argues that the criticism says more about weird, lonely, insecure men than it does about the global superstar. This appeared in 
the Fox affiliate, 8 News Now. Also, by the way, it was carried in the conservative publication, The Hill. And they really kind of came down on the people that are criticizing Taylor Swift. However, in defense of the nutcases, I would like to point out that Taylor Swift does not root for the entire NFL. She only roots for one team. That's the Kansas City Chiefs. There are 32 teams in the NFL, so 31 of them are not the Chiefs. That means that 31 other teams are going to be rooting against Kansas City. 31 teams are jealous. Uh, Gee, we have a tight end. Why doesn't Taylor Swift like our tight end? Well, so that's why there's always going to be animosity when you associate yourself with one particular team. It's like, you know, if you're going to be like in baseball, you're going to be associated with the New York Yankees. Like, let's say you're J-Lo and you're dating A-Rod and you're going to be affiliated in some way or associated, let's say, with the New York Yankees. You can't expect everybody to like you because... Almost all the other teams in baseball hate the Yankees. So what did you expect? Uh, so I think you know, there's something very simple going on there that the, the rest of the NFL doesn't like the Chiefs because the Chiefs beat the brains out of their team. So that's not uh, to be unexpected. But I think that if you step away from the game for a moment, it's kind of crazy to complain that Taylor Swift gets attention. That's crazy. Come on. It's the greatest entertainer in the world. What did you expect is going to happen if she's dating uh, the Kansas City Chiefs player? Of course, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to get attention. If she was dating our guy, he would get all kinds of attention. I'm just sorry that she isn't dating somebody from the Cleveland Browns. That's the only thing I'm sorry about. All right, let's take a little bit of time to do some public service announcement. Uh, this is about the pub, the the uh, pardon me, the Marion Motley Scholarship, which is partly supported by the Cleveland Browns. The Browns have a partnership with the College Now Greater Cleveland and the Cleveland Browns Foundation, and they together annually surprise two recipients with. scholarships to further the education of these promising young students, many of whom are first-generation college attendees. Now, that's a big deal when you're the first person from your family to ever attend college. A lot of us take college for granted, but if you're the first person from your family to attend college, that's a giant step for everybody in the family. Just want you to meditate that, meditate on that for just a few minutes there. And the Marion Motley Scholarship has provided more than three hundred twenty thousand to over thirty students from the Cleveland area since its inception. That's a big deal. So that's really a great thing. Marion Motley, of course, was the great fullback before Jim Brown, back in the. All-America Football Conference days in 1946. Just a tremendous, tremendous player. He, he was truly a great player. Uh, one of two Cleveland Browns to uh, permanently break the color barrier in 
the NFL in 1946. So um, Hall of Famer, class individual all the way around. This is just a tremendous, uh, tremendous award named after him. It's, it's a great thing. All right. Um, now Johnny Cleveland will help to introduce on many of the platforms that carry the show some commercials that support us and help us to get paid our $10 million a year. Well, we don't actually make that quite that much money, but we do have some commercial sponsors that allow us to bring you these entertaining broadcasts. And sometimes John has trouble finding the uh, commercial break. So this time I made it really plain to help John out. Here we go. Uh, some of us will be paused for five seconds and others it'll be a few minutes for the commercials to take place. So we'll start right now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Okay, we're back. I hope uh, John was able to find the commercial break okay with this little visual that I managed to cowl from uh, Wikipedia. I put the little commercial break sign on myself. What an artist I am. Amazing. And let's go on. All right. Now, um, oh, man, I got the wrong picture up here. This is supposed to be Bernie Kosar. Where did, <laughs> where did Bernie go? There we go. Here's Bernie. I've got, man, I got the pictures all messed up. But there's a picture of Bernie Kosar with Taylor. That's supposed to go over here. Don't even tell me that Browns fans can't like Taylor Swift. She has pumped NFL revenues by a phenomenal, which I misspelled, $200 million. And actually now it's over $300 million now that the Super Bowl is coming up. So, uh, you know, if Bernie Kosar is, um, where did that go? There's Bernie, where did you go? There's Bernie. Bernie Kosar was um, associated with the group in the the uh, luxury box that got Taylor uh, her opportunity to watch Travis Kelsey play initially in uh, back in September. And so, good job, Bernie. That's all I have to say. Bernie's wearing a red uh, track suit. It's okay, Bernie. I'd like to see you in orange and brown, but we also forget that. Bernie played for other teams in the NFL, too. He played for the Dallas Cowboys. He played for the Miami Dolphins. And um, he never played for the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's okay. You're in Kansas City. You wore the red uh, track suit, and you were with Taylor Swift. I think that's just absolutely fantastic. And, uh, I'm yeah, I messed – somehow I messed this up. But I wanted to also point out, that uh, in pro sports, money is good. This is America. Deal with it. And if you don't like NFL making money, this is just not the sport for you. And this 
tweet over here by I'm not sure who Pop Base is at P O P B A S E. Um, but I guess there are some commercial organization that keeps track of such things, and they say that Taylor has generated $331 million for the NFL and Chiefs, and that's a good thing. Um, this is pro sports. What the heck? And um, the uh, then I was uh, going to talk about the Kardashian effect, and somehow I got the wrong picture in there. But uh, anyway, there's a picture of uh, supposed to be a picture of Kim Kardashian and Odell Beckham Jr. together. They uh, are n not necessarily anything more than friends. Okay, we don't have any evidence that there's any kind of torrid love affair or anything like that. They, you know, they're both very famous people, and they know each other. And they appear at parties together. And apparently, they like each other. Nothing more. Uh, deep than that necessarily, but um, the point is that there has arisen over the years this phenomenon called the Kardashian curse, and the idea is that any woman from the Kardashian family, when they date a athlete, a professional athlete, that she's supposedly going to drag him down uh, if they have a, a relationship and that the team that the guy plays for is not going to do well. Um, you know, that's very difficult to prove. And, you know, a lot of it, it may have to do with the fact that when, uh, when they meet the Kardashians, they're generally at maybe the peak of their careers or maybe, a little bit past the peak and so as they get older they don't play as well perhaps and uh, so you know the nature of sports is is that eventually you start to get worse you don't stay good forever uh, Tristan Thompson of the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, dated I think it was Chloe if I'm not mistaken he um, well I'm not sure but anyway my my wife and my daughter watch the Kardashians reality TV show. And so I watch it with them. And I, I'm truthfully, I'm very impressed by the business sense that the Kardashian family has and the things that they do. I'm not really into fashion that much, but once you start to study what they actually do and the decisions that they make, they're actually very, very smart. They're very clever, uh, have great business sense and uh, tremendously intellectual. And I uh, appreciate the skills that they have. And um, uh, I don't have any kind of uh, uh, ill will to the Kardashians, but nevertheless, there's a legend that if you, somebody on your team is dating one of the Kardashians, you're going to blow a big game and you're not going to win the world championship. Of course, most teams don't win the world championship. That's the nature of sports. So it's easy to make that kind of uh, legend. Um, but if you believe in the curse, if you believe in any curse, you are likely doomed. That's the way complexes 
are developed. If you think you will lose, you're going to lose, as my mother used to say. You know, she used to not like a song that my dad used to play, the Hillbilly song, Born to Lose. And it was, you know, just goes on and on about the uh, sort of a country western lament, Born to Lose. Da -da 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 -da. And feeling sorry for oneself. And my mother said, Oh, I don't like that song. If you think you will lose, then you will lose. And that's true. You will lose if you think you will lose. And what can I say? I published that article. And sure enough, um, Browns beat Baltimore. I called it, didn't I? Odell Beckham Jr. Actually, Odell did pretty well. He didn't play a full season. I don't think he's... You know, he's never going to be the Odell Beckham Jr. that he was in New York. You know, you can criticize him or you can say that uh, that uh, Kim weakened him. You want to say that? But um, I think it's just that he's had some injuries and he's gotten older and he's not the same player that he once was. But I also will say this, that I believe that Baltimore is developing a bit of a complex that, oh, Lamar can't win the big one. It's Lamar's fault. And I think that Baltimore, in their uh, opportunity to go to the Super Bowl and beat Kansas City, they got away from what they do best. They didn't run the football in the second half at all. I don't understand why they did it. I think they did psych themselves out, that they did lose that game because of psychological reasons rather than physical ones. I think that they decided that for whatever reason they had to throw the ball like Mahomes when their team was built to run. And we all know, all Cleveland Browns fans know that the running game works better in the second half than in the first half. So why they decided to shut themselves down, and they ran it less than 10 times, I believe, in the second half, didn't make any sense. So I think that, that they did sort of talk themselves into believing that they couldn't run the football, and I would call that, part of a loser's complex that they felt that they couldn't do it. And so they didn't, and they proved themselves right. So I'm not now, I'm not saying that Kim Kardashian caused them to lose that game. I'm not saying that at all, but I am saying that, that these little uh, superstitions, if you will, these, they accumulate. If you're looking for reasons to lose, these are the types of things that you pick up along the way. And losers find a way to lose. They collect complexes along the way, and eventually they accumulate and find a way to weigh you down. Winners, on the other hand, find ways to win, and they find all these positive things may not be worth that much, Maybe Taylor Swift is worth, I don't know, maybe two points to the home field advantage. I think they're going to have a pro-Kansas City crowd at the Super Bowl. I really do think that there will be a significant difference um, that the crowd will be cheering for Kansas City more than San Francisco. So I'm going to give them two points for that. Also, I think San Francisco has a bit of a complex because their coach has established a reputation for 
blowing it in crucial moments. Remember, he was the offensive coordinator, and he managed to call a, a bogus pass play when they were ahead 28-3, to got a sack and allowed uh, New England to breathe life into their team, and they wound up uh, New England beating them in overtime. And then uh, last year, what did he do is he decided that he was going to trick everybody and have a second string or maybe a third string tight end um, block uh, defensive lineman and uh, didn't work. The quarterback wound up getting injured, Brock Purdy, and they had to bring in, uh, you know, remember Jimmy Garoppolo was uh, not available in that game. So they had to bring in uh, Josh Johnson, who was, um, I think he's 40 years old and uh, not very effective. And he wound up getting injured and they wound up having Christian McCaffrey had to play quarterback for a while. That was awful. There was no quarterback. They couldn't play football. They couldn't go to the Super Bowl because the coach decided that he had to be too clever. I think it was a choke move. And, um, Maybe there's a bit of a complex there where you have to get too fancy on national TV to prove that you're an offensive genius. So yeah, I do think that I do think that uh, on uh, center stage that some people psych themselves out. I think that's real. I think those things need to be factored into the calculation for point spread. I think, therefore, I would tend to give, um, first of all, I believe in the Kansas City defense. I do not believe in the Kansas City offense that much per se. I don't think that they show during the season that they're a strong offense. But I also think that there's a probability that um, that Kansas City would have a greater chance of finding a way to win in the fourth quarter than San Francisco would. I think San Francisco is more likely to find a way to blow it in the clutch situation. Uh, not to say that they can't win, um, but I'm just saying that that the probabilities probably favor Kansas City coming through in the clutch rather than San Francisco coming through in the clutch. I think I, think I would... Um, take the uh, probability for Kansas City to win outright, and I would bet the I would bet the under um, for the game. I believe I would respect the defenses for both teams more so than the offenses. So that's the way I see it, and that's why I think that the Taylor Swift effect might influence me uh, by a point or two. And I also think that the uh, Shanahan uh, complex might kind of cancel it out, might make me downplay the San Francisco offense by a point or two. So I might, that might swing my decision by as much as three or four points in favor of Kansas city versus, uh, the odds makers spread. So that's the way I'm, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not a big gambler. I'm going to bet, you know, something like uh, two or $5. 
and we'll see how that works. But that's the way I see the Super Bowl playing out based on these psychological factors. And it's going to be a fun game. I can't wait. And I'm going to, uh, well, I'm going to enjoy seeing Taylor Swift there. And also we're going to have, uh, you know, the national anthem is always good. The, the halftime celebration is always fantastic. Everything about the Super Bowl is great. Even the commercials are fantastic. It's just the greatest entertainment spectacle on earth. The only thing I'm sad about is it's the last NFL game. Uh, that's that's the thing that I don't like. That's the one thing I don't like about the Super Bowl. It's the last NFL game of the season. Uh, but but we're gonna have. I guess we're gonna have an XFL and USFL combining. We're gonna have minor league football. We're gonna have all pro football. We have a good league in. Uh, uh, Xenia can watch live football for five bucks and um, you get to sit right at the 50-yard line in a lawn chair. And I watch that too. I watch Beaver Creek High School football. And uh, so football uh, will go on. And um, I, I just I just think it's the greatest game on earth, and I hope you do too. Take care, and uh, I'll talk to you again real soon. Have a blessed uh, weekend. And we'll, well, we'll, we'll talk at the Super Bowl. What the heck? Take care now.